this meeting. Oh, interesting. We get like permission. You can stay or you can go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So last week we covered the bad guys. What about the good guys now, Plumber? So this is episode three. We're doing good guys on Couch Co-op. I would say uh, it took a bit of a deliberation with me because I had to look back at past games I had played on, yeah. say, like this Nintendo, Super Nintendo. You know, do I want to include Link and Mario in this conversation? They're like old stalwarts. Or do I kind of want to focus more on the current? So I chose more of the current and... Uh, I picked out three of them. Um, I picked out Master Chief, Arthur Morgan, and um, Geralt of Rivia. Ultimately deciding that I think like Geralt of Rivia just barely edged out Arthur Morgan as far as my favorite um, protagonist. So You're going to have to convince me because Arthur Morgan is one of my favorite main characters of all time. So uh, what what makes... Carol so much superior to him? Um, I would say that there are archetypes. Um, let's say Arthur Morgan becomes going from a character that was just living life due to the necessity of it and where he was from and what time he was in. And then eventually <clears throat> wrestling and understanding like what being a good person is. And then know having to live with your past mistakes while trying to solve future ones while you can before passing away and whereas Geralt of Rivia is more of like a 1930s 1940s like crime nor detective okay he's got that he's got that very much all he does he does inspect you know like that's what he does he gets paid to go you know be a private detective and then he's got like the iron jaw, you know, no, non, no nonsense, very capable, can handle himself. You know, the women all like croon after him, but also hate him because all the other women feel the same way about him. And I just, I felt like um, that, that appealed more for me as far as like gaming goes. I mean, obviously I think I'd probably would rather hang out with Arthur Morgan more in Geralt, but you know, I definitely, definitely feel like Geralt, as far as video game antagonist goes, has been my favorite. But Arthur is like very close to, to being like the next one. And then there's Master Chief, you know, who isn't really too far behind Arthur Morgan, but just not, doesn't have that, that depth of emotion that both Geralt and Arthur have, you know. Sure. So I, I think that's why I'd say Arthur and Geralt are definitely like, the two I would consider the top of the list. So, okay. What about you, Jack? Who would you consider one of your favorite protagonists in the video game? Uh, well, I'm glad you used the word protagonists instead of good guys because the two uh, protagonists I kind of uh, came up with as, as characters that really kind of spoke to me. Um, neither of them are like the traditional like heroes. Um, the first, um, is, is definitely the easy answer for me. Uh, and that's, uh, Joel from the last of us. Um, 
Great character. I'm kind of different uh, when I play like narrative video games. I, I my kind of take on narrative video games is that video games are not a great medium for narrative. Uh, I think typically books and movies are much better platform for those things. Um, so the fact that The Last of Us, and I should preface by saying that I haven't played The Last of Us 2, so um, I don't know what happens with Joel's character in The Last of Us 2, but in The Last of Us 1, from the get-go where um, the introduction scene where his, his daughter is, is brutally murdered and it immediately grabs you in and throughout the whole story where he's becoming, um, you know, where he's, he's, you, you kind of just, you go through the whole story really feeling what his goals are and which is the, the which is the main point of protagonist is that you want to know where they're going, why yeah. they're, what they're doing. That's a great point. It really sucks you into his world um, and the relationship he, he develops with, um, with um, his, the, the girl who he comes oh, yeah. Um, and then the ending freaking blew my mind and I won't spoil it on the hair, but it's the best video game twist I've ever, I've ever experienced. Um, my second character is, uh, maybe controversial in the fact that I don't know if, I don't know if it's a best example of a, well, I'll just explain myself. Um, gone home. You don't even play as this character and it's not even really a game it's a walking simulator but um you are experiencing the life and goals um of of this character who um is going through a incredibly difficult uh life and just the way that the story is presented to you um, with with reveals that you kind of um, well it, it, it's kind of like in, in the same sense that the last of us is last of us was to me where it transcended that video game um, medium to me and, and became like a real narrative that I thought was really um, impressive um, and I, I won't I won't get into the, the spoil of that game either but um, if you've experienced it um, it's a uh, really powerful story and one that one that I thought was was just fantastic there are definitely games like I, I can understand the argument of saying video games aren't the best narrative. Uh, I would argue that one of the issues with it is it, it's such a time investment to get into the ones that actually go the extra step. And I present that argument, I guess, because one of the characters, one of my all time favorite characters is Solid Snake from the Metal Gear series. But part of the reason you appreciate uh, Solid Snake, if you're a fan of his, is if you've gone through all the different games like the second game actually was super controversial because you only get to play as him for about the first 15 minutes then they switch the characters out on you and nobody saw it coming like this was a highly anticipated triple a game after the first one blew everyone away you get dangled this demo that like everyone got you know it was one of those games back when you got video game magazines right and and so everyone got the demo where you got to play the first 15 minutes of Snake and it was amazing and polished and beautiful. And then when you get to the, that point in the actual game, it switches out characters and it's a completely random one. And 
what was neat about that in hindsight, like, don't get me wrong, I hated it and raged about it and was a total baby when I realized I wasn't going to get to play the snake. But, but what was neat is he's still in the game and you get to kind of observe him now as not playing as him and, and kind of take in more of who he is as a character and, and kind of appreciate everything in his world a bit more because you are kind of removed from having him just be this, you know, kind of figure that Plummer was kind of describing with like Geralt, where he's kind of like this every man who kind of, you know, he's going to get through the situation, you know, he's kind of, you know, got that solid chin and he'll find a way to make it through. Now you're kind of seeing him now in a position where it's like, well, now I'm not that guy. <laughs> Am I going to survive this combat with this giant mech when I'm no longer solid snake? But then to see the different iterations too, because like one spoiler with him is he's a clone. So because of that, they were able to make other games in different eras and kind of tell advanced storylines through different time periods. And you could kind of see like in the third one, which takes place in like the seventies and you get to see a wartime scenario there where the guy's more grizzled. He doesn't have the same outlook on life. It's more him in the prime of his military service. And it just kind of progresses from there. Like again, in the fourth one, it's way when he's way older. Fifth one, it kind of goes back in time again. But you see just like all these different phases of his personality. And, you know, it's a huge time investment. Like I said, that's countless hours that I've delved into this man, this character's world. But as a result of that, you really do have a total appreciation. That's why it's funny to me when we list off all of these with the exception, I think of the ones you mentioned, Jack, like, there really is like, these are all substantial games where you kind of become a part of their world just because you have to dedicate yourself to it. If you're going to play beyond, you know, the first few levels. And I'm a fairly impatient person. I think you, both, both you are more uh, relaxed than I am. <laughs> so yeah, I bought outer worlds and since Jack and I have linked our PlayStations, he has access to my library. So he goes to check out outer worlds and I, I know he's played it because it's on true trophies that he had like achieved like the first step to getting, you know, like a trophy. So that's going to go. The first thing I wanted to do is like shoot everyone, you know, and that game is like, it's all about exp telling a story, but telling a story through like branching, you know, archetypes of, you know, am I going to be a dickhead about this or am I going to be honorable or am I going to be like, you know, uh, evil about this? And um, it's way more difficult when you guys sit down and like, you can't, you know, you're used to reading a book or a movie and all those things are handed to you or they go in a, you know, it goes in an order in a book, you know, every action, all that stuff, you know, and you're also comfortable, but now here you are with control in your hand, you know, and access to a gun. And then this person's trying to, trying to ask you a question. And you're like, <laughs> no, <laughs> this is over. <laughs> I waited until he turned his back. <laughs> One of my favorite examples, actually, of protagonists in video games, uh, it actually involves you two gentlemen, was um, the Grand Theft Auto V, where you have the three, three, narr three main characters. Oh. And I love the way how both Jack and I experienced this where because they have such distinct personalities, you kind of play them slightly differently from one another, just because it's like, you have Trevor, the, the psychopath. So it's like, if you want to go on a killing spree, just select him and just wipe people out. Cause you know, he's a crazy, but then plumber totally removed from this. 
takes Franklin, like arguably the most innocent character, and he starts going around killing everybody. And we both had that same like visceral reaction of like, no, what are you doing? Like, don't do that. Proper way to play the game. (laughs) It's like, it's an unwritten rule. It's like, no, no, no. This character, the crazy man, that's the guy you kill people with. These other two, they have families. (laughs) So this is probably clicked for you guys, but so the guy that plays Trevor in Grand Theft Auto Five plays the dude in um, Better Call Saul, where Mike kicks his ass in the garage, where he's like, "Oh, you know," he's like, "I bet I can get this gun out of your hand." And he goes, "Oh yeah, old man, like let's see you try it." And then, and the old man kicks his ass. That guy played Trevor in Grand Theft Auto Five. Funny. I know he had a he was on later seasons of The Walking Dead too, which I'm f- fairly certain you guys gave up on a long time ago. Yeah. I yeah. remember that scene, but I can't remember put a face to it. Uh, that's check. that's straight up Trevor from GTA 5. And I know this because I saw him while watching a making a video for GTA 5, and I was like, oh dude, that's the guy that old man you know goes to town oh. on. You watch Better Call Saul? Uh, I just saw the clip where the dude kicks his ass. Where he's oh, like, okay. Damn. Yeah. One of these days you got to check that show. All right, sorry. <laughs> but Definitely yeah, so anyways. Better yeah, protagonist. <laughs> hey, man. You know, Franklin, Trevor. Who's the other guy? Who's the last one? Michael. Michael. Michael's the, the old white dude who's got like the wealthy family. Yeah, who's the got shitty the son, family. <laughs> the shitty family with the son, the fat son who thinks he's a gangster. Yeah, that's right. I think my favorite Grand Theft Auto uh, main character was Tommy Versetti from uh, Vice City. I think with Ray Liotta doing the voice, it was such a perfect coming out of Grand Theft Auto 3, which blew everyone away, but the protagonist was mute and just, you know, he's really just a device to blow stuff up and steal cars and shit. So to go from that to having this super explosive personality of where the entire game is just surrounded by sleaze and pretty much, you know, just spoofing every 80s like gangster movie you can imagine. Um, I, I just thought he was by far my favorite one to play as just because it's a, I felt like he brought a good energy to where you could just play it any way you wanted. You could be crazy. You could take it serious. You could take it however, which direction you wanted to go, um, which I didn't funny. necessarily get from the later ones. That's funny. I had the same reaction to uh, CJ and, and San Andres. Um, so it's interesting because I played the crap out of three and Vice City. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like the world opened up so much in San Andres that you could actually kind of like, you made the character your own in that game, as opposed to um, Ray Liotta's character in, in Vice City, where you're still you're still following the, the set, you know? That's yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that was my issue, actually, with CJ's character, was that it reminded me too much of like, just kind of a, like a character you create in a Fallout game or a Dark Souls or... Like he don't get me wrong, actually, he's a very interesting character, and, and I enjoyed the the main uh, campaign, even though it's really just training day. But um, was that was yeah, it was after training day, huh? <laughs> yeah. But uh, I mean, at the same time, I really did. 
feel like his because you can do so much in terms of like making him fat, changing his clothing, doing that. Plus the map on that one too was so expansive. I think that's why I enjoyed Vice Cities in comparison because I knew I could actually know where I was going pretty much on every mission. Once you got into San Andreas, then it's like a completely different realm. And um, yeah, you're up in the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's teach their own. It's like how much you like to explore. Um, I, I tend to prefer a tinier map personally, just because I, I like to kind of know where I need to go. Um, but maybe that's just me being cranky and playing too many 8-bit games in my day. Um, for Jack, uh, you talked highly about a game called This War of Mine. Was there an antagonist-protagonist relationship in that game? Um, you have multiple characters in that game that you're... Um, that you're kind of in control of and you can pick and choose between them. Uh, and it's definitely a, um, it's an interesting storyline. Uh, I played the DLC where you're tasked with uh, protecting uh, children mm-hmm. uh, from this war zone of uh, you're trying to keep everybody warm and it's kind of like a survival game, but with all, um, it's, a, it's a good game but it's 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 a definitely simplified it's not like your your standard like really um a lot a lot of different things do you need to learn it's it's more just like you get involved in the story and um and um so not none of the characters drew me in enough that i was like blown away by any of them I actually consider that game because it is a pretty cool story that's on my list for for the same reason so that's good to hear actually because uh, I've been kind of neglecting it for fear that I won't jump into it as much as I would. Oh, I, I definitely recommend it, and and you'll know within an hour if you like it or not. And, okay, uh, you're a Yakuza fan, is that correct, Matt? I am. <laughs> I've seen your trophy list. You can't say. <laughs> there are no. Is, is, is there one consistent uh, antag or protagonist in that game? As far as I know, I, there's so many of them, and I've really only played uh, the Zero, I believe it's called. But yeah, the the, the dragon, he's he's a badass. Like, I love those games just because honestly, like it, it's so Japanese, <laughs> and to be able to play that, it just like makes me just happy. Like it really feels like I'm just like fucking around in like downtown Tokyo. Like so, it it's revitalizes me having you know spent some time over there in my day. So. I need to go fucking hang out in Tokyo if that game reminds you of hanging out in Tokyo. Well, you know, obviously there's no random <laughs> combat or guys with eye patches coming out and attacking with baseball bats, but just more so like just the lights and the sounds and just the quirkiness of some of the characters. Um, but is it is so the antagonist is like a gang member, but he's not like going around killing people kind of good guy, right? Is he kind of like in that same boat of Arthur Morgan where you know, he's like, just that's his job, you know, and he'd rather not hurt people while he's doing his job. Well, I, I mean, as, as far as the one I played, you really can't even shoot guns. Like, you can, but you don't really kill anybody. Everyone just kind of gets beat up. So, okay. but it's the same sort of deal. Like, I mean, essentially, it's it's you go from mission to mission, which is always you in some way becoming the good guy of whatever scenario, be it like, you know, chasing a down a thug who stole an old lady's purse to, you know, preventing a bank robbery or whatever. But 
Um, yeah, I, I would say it's a very, very Japanese equivalent in that sense. And but they make so many of them that it's very difficult to really have a. As far as I can tell, it kind of is the same time <laughs> game over and over and over again. It's just so enjoyable that people love the universe. Matt, um, you mentioned uh, Arthur Morgan, and I know Plummer, you as well, uh, as as you guys' favorites. Um, I, I played in, in, and beat that campaign, and I did like his character, but um, character I enjoyed, who I thought was, was more interesting, who I know, Matt, you played right around the same time as, as me, was uh, Kratos from the new God of War. And I was kind of surprised I didn't hear uh, him come out of your mouth with how um, much I know you enjoyed that game. Well, um, I played the other God of War games and coming off of those, like, I don't get me wrong, I love that last one, but he was such an asshole <laughs> in the previous iterations that it was really kind of hard to like fully remove myself from that and appreciate him now as a father who's like kind of settled into this new realm and and even honestly feel sympathy for him when he's grieving for his wife at the beginning of the game like I actually like he was such a dick like literally the third game is him just destroying an entire like universe just to prove a point you know I never played the third <laughs> Yeah, like he literally, the all the third is, is he wipes out every Greek god you can think of. Like, that's all you do is kill. And we're not just talking like the main ones. It's like every one you can think of along the way. So to come from that into, like I said, a completely different game. And I love that because it's, it's introducing a new world and a new Kratos. So I think he's probably going to get up into my, my pantheon eventually. But it, it's the history of it. See, with uh, Arthur Morgan, the reason I appreciate him so much is um, I played the original Red Dead. And I thought John Marston was an amazing character. I loved everything about playing as John. And when I heard that you, he wasn't the main character of the second one, I was like, God, there's no way. Like, how are you going to top John Marston? But then they bring in Arthur Morgan, who's just so much more chill. <laughs> like, there's something about him that, like, just opens up and makes you appreciate that world so much more because John Marston like the whole game it, it's revenge and it's part of the reason he works is that voice actor really like his inflections when he's like screaming at people in particular when he's trying to mow him down from his horse like it, it just gets you really immersed in the combat but in Red Dead 2 like there's so many downtimes, so many moments where actually the most moving parts of the storyline may be just riding from point A to point B with one of your buddies from camp. And Arthur Morgan conveys that so much better than John, who everything for John is his family, you know, and he, he's not necessarily that loyal to anything outside of that. Whereas Arthur's just the super like, kind of like goes with the camp, understands each person's personalities, is willing to stand up to anyone, you know, it's, it's a different personality that I thought just won me over, especially for a, an environment like Red Dead 2. Well said. What did you guys think of John Marston's character in Red Dead? Uh, Matt, did you play the epilogue? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love the epilogue, but it, it definitely, like, again, very similar thing happens in the first Red Dead game. Um, first Red Dead game... Um, you know, it's, it's a freaking 10 plus year old game. So I'll spoil it for you here, but um, no, John Marston gets gunned down 
right after he like finds his family and gets everything settled up, all his, his debts are cleared, but then people track him down and they, they murder him in cold blood. And then there's an epilogue to that where his, you play as Jack, his son. Um, but just like in Red Dead 2, it's, it's just not the same. It's like once you assume control of this new character, it's like something's off. Like it's still a wonderful environment, still super fun to roll around and, you know, do everything, participate in. But just going from Arthur to John versus, you know, John to Jack in the first one, it is same sort of thing. Something just didn't click. Clover, any thoughts? Yeah, I, I felt like they were, I almost felt like during, I never played the first Red Dead Redemption, so I don't have too much experience playing with uh, Marston's character for a whole game just about, uh, but I felt like I kind of got like a really good generalization in the epilogue of Red Dead Redemption 2 to say that um, eventually he adopts like Arthur Morgan and you see that in the epilogue. Um, but during most of the main game, it's him learning from Arthur Morgan where Arthur Morgan is, um, he's confident, you know, about what he needs to do a majority of the time. I mean, he's not the smartest guy in the room, but he's quick. He can figure out if he's getting hustled, you know, and, and that was something like John well, lacked. I'm a butch. <laughs> yeah. You know, that was stuff that John lacked you know, and, you know, John learned about loyalty from Arthur from the times where, you know, Jack got kidnapped and then eventually Abby got kidnapped, you know, so both times Arthur Morgan had like a really big hand in getting back his family and trying to keep that bond for the three of them together, you know, and Arthur Morgan staying on the outside of it. And then eventually there's the, you know, last mission where, you know, he gives him the hat and figured of like, just like literally, He's like, okay, you're going to be Arthur Morgan, you know, from here on out. And you don't really see that take place in the epilogue until the scene where he's got to pick up a gun and shoot someone again after he said he didn't want to do it. And it's, it's that infamous scene where it's a cover from the first Red Dead where he's like mm -hmm. looking down the barrels, you know, and he takes a shot. And it was such a chilling moment in the game because it was really kind of like, okay, you know, Arthur Morgan's kind of reborn through Jack, you know, but now he's got a family, you know, he's got like a woman that cares for him. And now he's got like a son, something to look forward to. And that was stuff that, you know, Arthur Morgan, you know, just didn't go through because that's just the way his life turned out. You know? See, as, as the only one who played the first one, I think that that's great that you experience that because that's very similar when you beat the first Red Dead where, you go through all these quests, you wipe out the remnants of the gang and he finally gets home and he finally is at his homestead. And there's a few missions where you're just kind of, you know, tending to the farm essentially. And then that's when the Pinkertons roll through and it's like, really, it's, it's just this moment of realizing it's like, you did all that work just to get to this point and he's not even really going to get to appreciate it. But, um, at the same time, you know, it, it passes along the spirit to his son in, in this case versus, you know, Arthur, you know, you, you contribute so much to that world. You do so much. You, you fix a lot of people's lives. You fuck up a few and then, you know, all of a sudden he's just gone, you know. So it's neat that 
they managed to convey that same spirit into two games so that multiple generations of people could experience it who may have missed the first one and have no interest in replaying an eight, 10 plus year old game for 80 plus hours to complete. Um, I have to ask you, uh, Plumber, you mentioned uh, Master Chief. And as far as I recall, I, I, I never played Halo outside of occasionally like piggybacking off of people on two player, but uh, wasn't that a protagonist that didn't talk for the first game or two? Like, um, no, yeah, he, he has lines, but not, not lines in the sense of like uh, trying to like put himself on a map of like moral ambiguity in a situation. It's just, I'm here to kick ass. And he has, I think, one of the best moments in video games where it's at the opening of Halo 2 where he, you know, gets on the ship, you know, he gets a bomb that's on the ship and then he like, you know, throws it out of space along with himself, guides it onto the, you know, invading enemy ship and it detonates and destroys that ship, you know, so that character is just written to be this tank that just like keeps just like going through all the bad guys nonstop and it's just great action character. I think one of the better action characters out there because he does have some characters, you know, like, you know, we finished a fight or, you know, he talks to, you know, his commanders in a pretty like formal way, you know? So he does have some lines, but not nearly to the same amount as say like um, Geralt or Arthur. But of course, I mean, I think in my youth, like if we'd have done this when I was 19 or 20, it'd definitely be Master Chief, you know, above like Mario and Link or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or even Solid Snake, you know, so. Um, but yeah, no, just a really fun character to play as, you know, it is FPS, you know, so kind of you are suspended, you know, from that character being like a true character because you're not playing it in third person. So it's not like you're seeing them, but you know, it's definitely it's a fair point, but definitely a character that makes an impact on the game, you know, through all the cutscenes and through all the stories, he's like probably the whole point of that game. I mean, uh, all that other stuff, if you just put a weaker character in it, then it's probably not going to be as popular as it was, but instead you have this like beefed up Marine in this like, you know, one ton bodysuit that can do all this amazing stuff and like just, you know, keeps finding a solution to the problem. So that reminds me of like um, the Mandalorian where it's like, it doesn't take a lot of words, but it's the charisma and the, the body language. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good way of pointing that. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I feel like I kind of, experience at playing the doom games uh the 2016 one and i haven't gotten a chance to play the newer one but i definitely will but that, that to me feels like what master chief must have felt like if if you played halo back in the day just kind of this beastly figure that just you know will always find a way to just wipe out this entire army no problem yeah, no, Doom, the, the opening trailer for Doom 2 is pretty awesome where Doom guy gets an upgrade to his Doom suit and he's walking through a, like a human like command center and all these people in office, you know, and are sitting down in office chairs and they turn around and just like all like staring in awe of this guy. 
and it just really like they did a good job of having you know showing that reaction amongst you know all the different characters in the game at least for that trailer it, it was pretty impressive but that's what trailers are supposed to do so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did a good job on it so but i mean jack played a little bit of doom and i mean just kind of like fps dude isn't he uh well i couldn't really comment on him because that game kicked my ass i suck at doom <laughs> Well, like, uh, one I wanted to ask you about, Jack, that you mentioned before, like, what do you think of, like, Sekiro, like, the main character? Um, yeah, I liked, uh, I liked the character. Um, kind of goes back to what I said earlier, where uh, um, it's just really difficult for um, the, the video game medium to capture my imagination. Um, so what I really loved about that game was the boss fights. And if yeah. we had been, if I had been on uh, last week's podcast where you guys were talking about villains, uh, I thought the father character, not his personality, but just um, kind of going back to what Plum said about Master Chief, just the way he carries himself and how he fights was so freaking cool. Um, the that owl father, the second fight, the optional fight in that mm-hmm. game is might be my favorite boss fight of all time. It, is freaking awesome but um as far as the main character he, he was cool you know he moved the story along yeah no i was because you play a lot more i i would argue well i know for certain you play a lot more games where the there really is no plot it's like just you know more twitch oriented more focused on actual gameplay and so i wonder yeah. it's like you know it has that just become one of those things that it's just easy for you to kind of tune out together uh, or i mean i've always been way more into the competitive nature of video games um and that used to take the form of me enjoying games like you know uh multiplayer competition yeah but when i had a family i realized that that would just lead to my embarrassment <laughs> destruction by a bunch of 13 year olds out there so i have retreated into my 2d platformer uh Twitch games that I get my uh, competition out against, you know, my own personal goals. It <laughs> makes sense. And I actually, I am going to be curious to see kind of uh, your take on protagonists moving forward now that you're a father and see if that does impact kind of which characters have a, an impact on you. Well, um, I, you know, I think the one that gets a whole lot of attention is, is Kratos. Um, for that that last uh, God of War game, and um, I did like him, um, but um, it's it's not something I look back at with any sort of awe um, as much sure. as I game. Well, I was gonna say too, and like The Last of Us, you had mentioned Joel, but you played that way before, so yeah, I played that before uh, <laughs> for my daughter. So it's kind of interesting that he's my. <laughs> it might just be too intense for me now. I might have just been like, oh, I don't want to see this. This is terrible. <laughs> we'll be curious. Um, yeah, I, I one I have to mention just because he's so absurd that I always he cracks me up. But from way back in the day, I don't know if you played Final Fight. But uh, one of the main guys on that, it, it's just a side-scrolling beat-em-up from way back in the old arcade era. And the main character, literally the plot of the game is that the mayor is cracking down this street gang that's taking over the city. So the street gang abducts the mayor's daughter. But the mayor also happens to be a former professional wrestler. 
So his response is just to go into the streets and just beat up every single gang member until he gets to the big boss to take him out. So that's the plot of Final Fight. And Mike Hagar is the character. And I, I just think it's such an awesome story that like, if they ever try to make a movie or more, it would be the worst thing ever. I would hate every second of it. <laughs> the best. I don't know. <laughs> it would probably be the best. But, but yeah, something about that just cracks me up. He's actually from a previous game, too, called Saturday Night Slam Masters. So it's like pay, playing a game from a fighting game. Now he's imported into a side-scrolling beat-em-up. It's like, can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah, under-the-radar character from back in the day. Never even heard of the guy. We definitely should do uh, best boss fights. I think that would make for a pretty uh, solid podcast coming up. No, it's, that's definitely getting added to the list. I think uh, this is a fair place to leave it off at because I, I think we've covered a well a good range. But uh, I think we're going to have to continue this because I had a lot of fun, guys, and uh, really excited to hear your favorite sidekicks, your favorite boss fights, and whatever else we come up with in the future. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. It was good fun. Thanks. Always. Always.